Hi there. I'm Mark Swallow, and I'm glad you are joining me for today's God Is podcast. Let's get started learning who God is. Thank you for joining me today from wherever you are and by however you listen as we meet together coast to coast here in the United States and all the way around the world. Welcome back. A reminder is always a good way to be refreshed in what we have already learned about Romans chapter 8 and verse 29. The text begins, For those whom God foreknew, God also predestined. Our recent focus has been on this word foreknew. It is prognosco, and we have well established what this word means when used in relation to man and what it means when used in relation to God. Seven times this word is used in the New Testament, and we had discussion around each use, spending most time in the Acts 2, verse 23 text. Now that we know what the word means, God knows the future and makes it come to pass as part of his predetermined eternal plan, I want to return us to Jesus Christ. What does the Lord have to say to us about the foreknowledge of God? Remember, if you can think back to when we talked about God's purpose in Romans 8 and verse 28, we visited the gospel according to Luke and heard Jesus speak about his purpose. Luke 5.32 I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. Likewise, now, as we discuss the foreknowledge of God, I would like us to visit the gospel according to John and hear Jesus speak about his knowledge, his foreknowledge. As promised, I am connecting what Jesus says to what we believe. Our theology, what we believe about God, is best learned from Jesus, who is the Son of God, God in human flesh. I believe, we believe, in the Trinity. God is one in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Jesus is well-placed in the Godhead Trinity. Yesterday we talked about how Jesus was chosen by God the Father to be the one of the three persons who would visit earth in the form of man and be Savior for sinners. And the Bible, both Old Testament prophecy and New Testament prophecy fulfilled, teaches that Jesus did indeed come. He lived, he died, and came back to life in the resurrection. As we speak, the Son of God is very much alive. He is in heaven where he intercedes, where Jesus prays for all who belong to him. The Apostle Paul writes about this also in Romans 8 and verse 34. He says, Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. Romans 8 verse 34. Christ's earthly life captures our attention like nothing else. He is God come to earth. Now, in a moment, I'm going to prove to you from the book of John that Jesus is God. But first, I must say this about the gospel to which we now turn. 
Of the four Gospels, the one that best and most often addresses the theological implications of the life of Christ is John. By saying this, I am not saying Matthew, Mark, and Luke are non-theological. I am not saying that. Of course, each of those, what we call synoptic Gospels, have much to teach us about who God is. All I am saying is that John includes didactic and discourse material more than the other gospel writers who emphasize narrative. In fact, all you have to do is read John's opening statement, the prologue to his gospel, and you will agree with me. So if you have your Bible handy, turn with me to John chapter 1. John 1. As you turn there, a word about how I will proceed. Sometimes people ask me, if you were not doing God is, what would you like to do? And my answer is always that there is nothing else I would rather be doing. I love this. But I do have several areas of interest to my ever-inquisitive mind, and sometimes I think about being a lawyer in a courtroom and building a case before a jury. In fact, at the time I am originally recording this, there is a high-profile case before such a jury in the United States, and I have been fascinated to watch the lawyers for the defense in particular, but also the persecution argue before the court. I watch it on television. It is intriguing to watch and listen as they build their cases, interview witnesses, and interpret what the witnesses say interview the one accused of the crime, in this case a double murder, and then to tune in as they call expert testimony, in this case on what happens to bullets when shot into the human body, and twist and turn what the experts say to fit their view of things. Watching the lawyers work and keeping an eye and ear on the judge is really very interesting. We cannot see the jury too bad. That would be insightful. Anyway, my point in telling you this is that teaching the Bible involves some good lawyering in this regard. I have to build my case for what the Scripture says to you. In a sense, I am the lawyer, and you are the jury, and God, as always, is our judge. We are in His courtroom. The analogy breaks down, as all analogies do. For example, I am getting paid nothing, whereas the lawyers in the case I am watching in the evening on TV, oh my, they are making hundreds of thousands of dollars with legal bills for this defendant reaching into the millions. I am sure you have opinions on lawyers and the legal profession. I do. But just in case you have a negative view, hey, I didn't say I am a lawyer only that I sometimes think it would be interesting to develop a case before a jury. So please do not include me in your lawyer jokes or critiques. Any lawyers listening? Drop me a note and please say hello. I generally respect your profession, and I am fascinated by how you work. I mention this because what I have to do in the Gospel of John is walk through the text in such a way as to build my case for the foreknowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this requires time 
and so patience and attentiveness from you. This is a dilemma for the lawyers I spoke about. How do they bring the jury along day by day and week by week? How do they hold the case, the argument before them in such a way as the members of the jury can hold the whole case together when they deliberate and make their final decision? Well, how do I do that for you, especially since I only have this short time each day? In the case I am following, they're in court for seven hours a day. Alas, maybe 15 minutes at a time is more of an advantage than seven long hours. Also, we have something, someone, missing from what I see on TV. We have the Holy Spirit, and he will surely make us attentive and speak into our hearts and minds what he wants us to know. So let us pray and ask him to speak and to open our ears to hear and eyes to see what he has in store for us in the gospel according to John. To make my first point, I want to read John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. John 1, 1 and 2. Without taking the lengthy time to develop this, let me just say that the word here, capital W-O-R-D, is used by John to refer to Jesus Christ. The word, the second person of the Trinity, Jesus. The word was God. This establishes that Jesus is God. And just as God was all who was in the beginning, that is Genesis 1 verse 1 again. Just as God was all who was in the beginning, the word Jesus was in the beginning because Jesus is God. We cannot separate Jesus from the beginning because we cannot separate Jesus from God in the beginning. John states, the word was with God. He was in the beginning with God. So, for the purposes of our discussion, note this. Jesus is God, and therefore everything God knows, Jesus also knows. God is omniscient, all-knowing. Jesus is omniscient, all-knowing. And by the way, the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, is omniscient, all-knowing. Jesus possesses foreknowledge because Jesus is God. So the definition of foreknowledge, as we have applied it to God, must also be applied to Jesus and the Spirit. God is one, Father, Son, and Spirit. Think about this in terms of our salvation from sin. Am I saying that the eternal Jesus, one with God, foreknew whom he was going to save at the beginning long before he was born of Mary and lived and died upon the cross, which we solemnly remember on Good Friday? Did Jesus from eternity past foreknow you and I who believe in his name for salvation today? Did he predetermine that he would save us from the beginning, as John puts it? Yes, that is exactly what I am saying 
because I believe that is what the Bible is saying. So, me, the good lawyer, and you, the patient jury. Let's walk through certain portions of John's gospel as we build the case for the foreknowledge of God in the person of Christ. We continue tomorrow on God Is. Thank you for listening to this God Is podcast. Drop me an email and tell me what you think. Mark at GodIsMinistry.org That's Mark at GodIsMinistry.org Please do share this with others and be sure and join me for the next one.